Paul. How's it going? Good, you. Good. All right, today is actually a fun topic. I don't know where it'll go. We'll see. I call it a day in the life of a sales manager. So really those frontline managers, those, those ladies and gents that manage the sales team. Uh, so not, not a VP, not a leader, like somebody who's setting the strategy, but really somebody who's in between, um, in between there. I, I see a lot of them. Um, and so, uh, like a lot of jobs in sales and marketing and revenue, there's no real school for it. So, so the definition of what a sales manager does from what I can see is very loose. Uh, you know, some have pipeline, some don't have pipelines, some only manage some, you know, limited pipeline. So there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. So I wanted to get your take on it. Um, does that work for you? Uh, absolutely. Awesome. All right. Let's start it off with a definition. What's a sales manager? Um, sure. I'll give you my definition. Then maybe give me your definition. Okay. Um, my definition of a sales manager is the person who leads the sales team, the people that are on the Maybe front, the sellers. the sellers, the people that are actually out there doing the selling uh, or the representing the representation or whatever you want to call it. The people that are out yep. there doing the actual work. Yeah. Um, so that's my definition. What's yours? Same. Same, I would say, you know, it's somebody that, you know, obviously depending on the size of the company, you know, the, the, the role will change, you know, startups, then people tend to wear a lot of hats, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's somebody who's working with the sales team to make sure that they, to facilitate their success, let's call it that way, right? Like that they're, uh, that they uh, can have as much success as possible, uh, which which makes it a really difficult role, right? It makes it a very difficult role because, um, you know, you're dealing with salespeople who are dealing with, with clients or potential clients. And, and that can make it a very interesting situation to be in. I agree. Let me put my mic closer to my mouth. Eh? That would be smart. Um, so there's a definition though. So that's, that's the pure definition, right? Now what happens yeah. in a lot of SMBs is that, the owner is actually the sales manager <laughs> yeah. or, or the sales VP is the sales manager or the owner just acts as a sales manager as one of his tasks. Yeah. Um, but so let's, let's for semantics purpose, we're just going to talk about the sales management role. Yeah. Um, the role, cause even if you have like many hats, like you said, an SMB or a startup where the co-founder will be the sales leader, the sales manager and something even still the salesperson, but let's call it like that role that's not quite strategic, but you're not quite on the front lines either. I yeah. mean, again, it's fluid, but the, the, where your role is really to help enable the sales team to do better and to get the company to perform as a result, get the company to perform better. Yeah. So there's so really, that's one person that does it all or one that has like five people under there yeah. or something like that. And my, my view on this has changed over the last few years, by the way. Nice. Um, so accountability is obviously very important. So what do I mean by accountability? That's what's changed. I used to think, well, you know, the manager has to hold the reps accountable, but really the manager has to get the reps to buy in on their accountability. Because if you don't what do you get mean by client, that? well, what do I mean by that is the reps have to agree to their business plan or their representation plan. 
they should be presenting that to the sales manager, their plan for success. And then the, then they are accountable for the plan that they presented forward. And then the manager accepts or doesn't accept the plan says, well, I don't think you're doing enough or you're doing too much, or I want you to focus on this and that. And then there has to be an agreement to what needs to be done. That's the mm. first thing, right? That's the first thing you need to understand what's going on. Now, obviously to do that, the salespeople need to do the right actions. So the sales manager is there to make sure that the salesperson is motivated to do the right actions. Because the sales manager, short of being a time force the people to do sales action, it's got to come from the salespeople. Fair enough. So, so that's all part of the, the biz plan from the salesperson and the accountability. Now, understanding your motivation, your team's motivation is key, super, super important. And then also making sure that you're coaching your team to ensure they have the right behavior, to make sure they're doing the right actions. So right. simple, really, right? The, 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 the main pillar is how do I get my, my team to perform the right actions? If I get their buy-in and I'm motivating them and helping them and coaching them to do the right thing, well, then we're doing the right thing. So that's all the, that's all methodology and action and whatnot. And then you've got obviously the whole um, reporting part of it, uh, you know, how they enter things into the CRM and how the data is processed. And that as a sales manager, you might have to do that. You might actually process that, that data um, to be able to supply it to yourself if you're the owner <laughs> or supply it to your sales leader if you're the sales leader. So really it's just two things. There's what you do and the data you get, right? Mm. Um, you know, in the past, you know, some people said, oh, there's four pillars, there's motivation, uh, there's accountability, there's coaching, and then there was recruitment, right? So right. <clears throat> Of course, recruitment, you want your eye on the team, what needs to be happening. But that often is a little at a bit of a higher level at the leadership level. Like the sales manager might be told, okay, go find someone else. Uh, but sometimes it's more the sales leader or the owner that'll say, hey, we need to grow the team, whatnot. So as, as a, an, an executing sales manager, you're just making sure that your team is motivated, has the right tools to do what they have bought into what they're going to do. You're not going to force mm -hmm. anyone specifically in today's market to do anything. The word right. force shouldn't exist. So if you're thinking of accountability as a whip, forget it. It ain't going to work. Accountability yeah. is more what has my rep said they would do. I agree with it and I'm going to help them get there. Yeah. And that's interesting because it kind of answers that question of like why they matter so much. Because I think they're you know, I think they, from what I've seen, and obviously it's a very small percentage of, of the sales world out there that I've seen, but it's, I find it's a role that's often underestimated in a way, right? Like kind of often it's like, oh, the best salesperson gets promoted to sales manager and then they get dumped in there or somebody gets brought in for whatever reason. And it's like, kind of like, okay. And then there's, I still hear that, that mentality, like, well, reps, should should do it right like they have the you know like and they just kind of like just sell you know that mentality so this idea that you have, need to have somebody that's there and helping them hold themselves accountable and 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 getting there and ensuring that the data is legit in the system and all that stuff like that's that's an important role but at the same time kind of almost throw it away right like it's like oh paul you you've been great for the past year here you want a promotion 
Boom, well, sales manager. Let's talk about the psychology behind that. It's because you and I are, you know, sales and rev ops. So we believe in processes. We believe in the data and the analyses and, and learning from the best. So mm -hmm. if we were to compare it to running, so to running, yeah, most human beings can run, you know, and they just go out and run. So if you say, okay, just go out and run, they run. But if you're an athlete who wants to perform in a race, you're learning a lot on how to run and how best to run and how to maximize your performance. Well, it's the same thing with sales. Most sales, most people can sell, sell and sales manage to a certain extent because they're, they're basically part of the natural human existence. But if, to do it well, you should look at the best practices and you can look, you should look and analyze how you can best help your team to move forward. So when you say, hey, just go out and sell, for sure. I mean, it'll work to a certain extent. And if you just take anyone and put them in the sales manager's role, and, and you know, you and I have said this before, taking your best sales manager and putting him in a sales management role can be disastrous because the qualities to be a good sales manager is to have the proper empathy, to have training skills, to have leadership skills. And that doesn't naturally come. Sorry, it's not automatic. It can naturally come, but it's not automatic when you're a good salesperson. It's not a not th those th those are two different skills. I've seen a lot There's of a shift. Yeah, I've seen a lot of great sales managers who weren't that good of salespeople. Yeah, and uh, and I've seen some great salespeople who became terrible sales managers. So yeah. um, there, it's a different set of skill set. Now, does a sales manager have to understand? What the salesperson does, yes. Should they at least go walk in their footsteps for a week or two or a month or two or whatever, or two or three months? Probably. It doesn't mean they'll be good at it, but at least they'll understand the reality of what's going on. Um, and so and so, should a, should a sales manager have a pipeline, like a certain accountability, maybe lower targets, but should they have a pipeline? Not necessarily. They can no. have a pipeline, but they shouldn't necessarily have one. Um, right. I, I think, it, and, and some businesses, it's so small that your sales manager has to have a pipeline, right? right. So you're like, Hey, look, you know, you're the sales manager, uh, but you also have, you know, you're taking care of the major accounts. Okay. Well, that's fine. You know, that can happen. There's no perfect look in a perfect world. Your sales manages, your sales manager manages, uh, you know, five to seven reps. Um, yeah. it's all, it's all he or she does. Um, yeah. all they do. Right. Um, that's the perfect world. How many perfect world cases have I seen? Five <laughs> percent. Yeah. Um, because like you said, there's a certain size involved, right? I mean, I think that you there's a size in your company where you do need to have somebody to manage the team, but you might not have enough revenue to to warrant or enough even volume. At the enterprise level, when I worked in a huge company, it, it's it never happened that way. It was always <laughs> this sales manager has got three reps and this other one's got 22. You know, it, it, was, it was, it was, it was never, you know, it, it was never properly balanced because reality is never what it looks like on paper. You know, it's like taking right. text drawing. It, it, there's always some changes and things you have to do um, when you're actually building it. And that's yeah. good. because You have, you have to adjust for the reality that these companies are facing too. Right. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. And, um, and this might sound weird, but like, who should sell, who should sales managers spend most of their time with? Because I mean, obviously they have their sales team, right? But then you're saying that sometimes they have to have their pipeline. They have a pipeline to manage as well, and obviously they're interfacing with 
the upper management, right? Like if they're the front line, those people up there, whether it's just your the co-founder and, and and you're sitting next to each other, or they're a bigger organization and there's VPs and senior VPs and regional VPs and all that stuff. Like who who should they how should they be managing their time? Like who should they be spending time with? So it, it it varies a lot. Again, this is something that's changed in my opinion over time. You know, if you look at the average of very good sales managers, they'll probably spend about, you know, close to 50% of their time uh, or over 50% of their time with their team members, right? Um, but it depends. If you're a sales manager who's managing two or three people and they're doing extraordinarily well um, and your upper management is very demanding, you might be a very good sales manager spending a hell of a lot more time with the upper management because they like right. your strategic point of view. In an ideal world, you know, if you've got some junior reps that need a lot of coaching, you should be spending more time coaching your reps, right? Because you want mm. them to move forward. Is there a magic answer to this? Of course not. You know, and I've, I've heard a lot of people in the past say, oh, it's got to be this number or else you're not a good manager. It's not, it's not true because, you know, there's realities you have to, you know, there, there might be some realities. You, you, there's, new, there's new ownership and they don't understand the business. Well, you might have to spend a lot of time with the new ownership because they want to talk to the specific sales manager. In a perfect mm. world on paper, you're spending at least 50% of your time coaching your reps. But let's say you've got a team of great senior reps that are doing amazingly well. Maybe you're not coaching them 50% of the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's really interesting because it kind of ties into, I don't know if it's the last question, but the last question I had planned is like, how do they work with, with the CRM? Obviously, I'm, I'm on the ops side of things. So that's, that's a big question for me. But, you know, I, I think that's, that's what you just said, right? If you're looking at your numbers and you're realizing you know, your reps aren't building pipeline or they're having a hard time closing, quote unquote, you know, like, you're like, okay, clearly I need to be more involved with them and spend more time coaching with, because maybe we have a new person. Maybe there's like some sort of a downturn in the economy. Maybe, you know, like I need to spend more time with them. And other time you're looking at the data and it's like, you know what, their pipeline's decent. They're pretty this. Maybe I need to go start spending more time with the leadership team and see how we can improve our strategy and grow, grow and maybe get more, more of a headcount or, or, you know, like work maybe closer with marketing so that we can generate more inbound leads or more demand, more, more demand for our products and stuff like that. So I think that's, that's the last question is like, how do we work with the CRM when we're a manager? Okay. I, I want to answer that in two parts. Okay. First part I want to touch on is very important. What you just said is that, you know, if you're in a strategic way and let's say your industry, your market's changing quickly, you are reporting what's happening on the front to the management so that you guys can readjust and make things happen so that it's one easier for salespeople to sell and well that benefits the company right so that's super important to understand that balance now if you're working in a very mature industry and there's no change well then your sales manager is probably spending more time with the salespeople because the strategy doesn't change that much right you're let's say mm. you're just flowing through an, a natural state of things. So, so that matters. CRM, like, you know, we've said this before in many different ways, you know, you and I are strong believers in CRM. CRM in and of itself is nothing if you don't use it properly, right? So if you don't have a good sales process in there, if you, if, if you haven't loaded it and personalized it so that it's a tool that helps your salespeople, well, then it's just another useless app. Um, but if mm -hmm. you do it properly, it's amazing. It's a sales assistant. It's a, it's an aid to the sales manager. It's an aid to the executive team. Uh, you know, it connects into your ERP, connects into your billing system. There's a bunch of wonderful things that the CRM becomes the hub 
the technological hub uh, that connects sales to the rest of the company and permits you to achieve, uh, you know, is a big part of achieving your goals. And, and a properly used CRM is amazing. But you and I both know, you know why, probably why we have jobs. Uh, both you and I know that most people, not, not for the fault, but just by the very nature of human beings, are not maximizing the use of their CRM. And those that do will see, yeah. you know, benefit. I was talking to someone yesterday who was telling me, you know, we use, we invested a huge amount in our CM, but CRM, but it's in, in, enabled us to do awesome things, you know, and they're using it properly. And the salespeople yeah. see it as the salespeople see it as a tool, an assistant. The sales management sees it as a tool, an assistant, and the leadership sees it as a, a tool and a data provider. So it's 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 wonderful. So does that answer your question? Yeah, and, and I'll add to that. Obviously, again, I'm you know I'm on the operational side of things. That's my hat, and I think, but that's I think that's a probably a newer and very flexible definition of what new is component to the role. Right? Is like why aren't my reps using the system if they're if they're not right? Like why are they not moving their deals? Like where where are the bottlenecks? Why is the system not helping them? And how can I make sure that it's helping them? And I think that's again, along with the coaching and, and like the training that a rep manager receives, I think that's something that's often overlooked too, is like, am I looking at the system and what's, what's the blockage there? What, why are they not updating their deals or why are they not updating that property or why are they not moving their deals to one until, until they know it's one and we don't know what's going on or why are our forecasts off and stuff like that? I think that's a, that's a crucial part because that's what helps. That's, Really, where you're helping bridge the gap between the front line and and the 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 you know upper management, the leadership team. Yeah, right? there's also like if, if at the end of the end of month you're scrambling, enter deals, enter deals, enter deals. Like clearly, there's something wrong there, right? Yeah, and I need to work yeah, on that. And, and, and often you have to work on that. And often the reason that happens is uh, lack of trust, uh, not a real buy-in. Sometimes you don't have a real buy-in from the executive. Sometimes you don't have a real buy-in from the management. If management and the executive are not using it properly, um, then reps are not inspired and they're and they're not doing it properly. Well, then the whole thing just becomes you know an annoying note-taking process rather than uh, than a useful tool. But you know, again, yeah, that's all training. That's that's training. That's sales training. You know, first thing you need is you know the whole sales team used to, has to be using the same methodology and semantics. What do I mean by semantics? You're calling your your pipe uh, stages the same thing for everyone um and if people agree on what those pipe stages should be people agree on the steps that need to be taken people agree on the milestones people agree on the playbooks um that you're using well once you've got buy-in on that well then it makes sense if everyone agrees well this is a methodology we use yes um you know you personalize it to a certain extent but it's generally uh, the same. Well, then, then your CRM becomes an amazing tool at reminding you of all those things. You know, we've talked about this before. If you've got a playbook that's helping you along the way, it's it's awesome. Uh, yeah. Reminding you and, and, and doing a variety of things. You know. Yeah, and so if I could kind of summarize what we've gotten so far is like you know a manager is you know you need to have those skills like accountability and realize accountability is just not just forcing. Oh, yeah, stuff. true. We were talking about management. What's that say? It's true. We were talking about management originally, weren't we? Yeah, but that's it. So your role is to help your team get uh, stay accountable, stay motivated, and 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 collect the necessary information. But I think 
what I'm understanding from what you're saying is like one of the key roles is really being able to understand, you know, what's blocking your sales team. Do they need me to spend more time with them and coach them on how to better manage their deals? If, and if in that process of doing that, I'm realizing maybe our sales process makes no sense. Right. And, and we need to review that or, or why are they not filling out the day? Like, why are we scrambling at the end of each week or each month or whenever their numbers are due to enter our deals and to move the deal? Well, probably because the CRM is not helping us at this point. And it's just becoming a data collection tool. And, and I think that's, that's the hardest part is like, especially if you're getting promoted from sales, like that shift is very different is like, I now have to kind of let go of cold calling and, and all that fun stuff. And, and, and start working with the team and managing the team and empowering the team. And that could be very different from one quarter to the next or one team to the next or one company to the next. Uh, one company could be very, we need to fix the CRM. And the other one that you can move to afterwards is like, I need to sit with a strategic team because the company just got bought. And, and for the next three months, it'll be very strategic for that role. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just to come back to the original, uh, really just management part of it, you know, forget the CRM and the tools and everything. So, um, so let's assume for a second that, you know, the power goes down and there's no, <laughs> you know, there's no telephone, there's no, there's no CRM, there's no tools. Um, sales manager is there to help his team achieve the company objectives, but the individual's objectives too, their work objectives. And if there's a disconnect right. there, it doesn't work. Uh, right. and, and, and the negative reinforcement, cracking the whip just doesn't work. It works for some, works for the short term, but I, I've never seen it work long term. I've never seen fear be a good motivator for a long term. Right. You're just breaking people when you do that. So ultimately, Especially in this market, right? Like, I mean, in any market, it's yeah. it's not a good strategy. But in a market where there's more demand than there are people, I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's a killer, you know. Yeah. I, and I know it's off topic, but I just read somebody who a CEO who was like saying like, "There's no hiring problem. What I do is I go on on LinkedIn, and whenever the company says like, okay, we're we're going to be going back to the office. I just have my HR team call all the developers or some people that I want. They're like, hey, if you want a remote job and they're like, <laughs> they're, they're hiring just got like 15, 20% easier because of that. So I think it's like, yeah. you have to take into and, account the context that we're in. Yeah. I, you know what, Fab, to this day, it's like, I thought the pandemic would have taught people things, but sometimes I think, my God, some people are sick because people love the flexibility of working from home. And productivity has yeah. gone up. Like yeah. it's just people wanting. It's people going back to their control-free uh, positions. It's people having offices with you know 100 empty chairs. Going, we got to get the people back in here. The, it, it's it's just it's it's excuse the expression stupid human behavior, because if your team was performing really well remotely, if the if the if the um, if the productivity went up. Well, I totally understand this person you're talking to who says they go on LinkedIn and, and find the people who said they've gone back to the office because it, it's just, it, it's not a smart thing to do. Now, if you say you have the option of coming to the office and there's a lot of people that like to work from the office, well, that's great because people might say, yeah. hey, I do like to go in one or two days a week. But if you force right. them, usually it's not that, that productive. Again, unless it's 
something where you need to share and, and work with other people. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, and it's it's yeah, obviously. Paul, this is fun. To work from home. What's that saying? You're a manufacturer. It's hard to work from home. All right. <laughs> Paul, this is really fun. Next week, super interesting episode, a new feature that we're starting, a marketing focus episode, marketing sales RevOps with, with our guest, uh, Alyssa. So that'll be first edition of that. And I'll be really looking forward to that. In the meantime, have a great week, Paul. Have a great week, Fab. Can't wait to be with, uh, have our, our third uh, collaborator or regular collaborator next week. <laughs> yeah, take care. Our first regular collaborator. <laughs> All right, bye, Bob. Yeah, first. She is, or will be. All right, take care. Yeah.